Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks, and uh, again, we're always so honored to be able to come out and work through the book of Psalms, talking about these songs in the night, talking about what God, what God can do for us, and how he can help Mm -hmm. us through these PTSD type of things, and these hurting hearts, and life being upside down, and and things we're going through. There's so many, there's so many hurting hearts, and I think, now Stephanie, remind me to one of the comments that we got in, I want to talk, I like talking about a comment every couple podcasts, and I want to talk about one comment I got from a guy who's really going through the fire. I want you praying for him. And, and, uh, so, you know, we always start, uh, well, we usually say hi to Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, what's going on? (laughs) Well, hello, Doug. Um, what's going on? Let's see. Um, we're doing well. I'm trying to start working on packing things for camp. Um, you know, those things that can be packed ahead and, um, Anyways, gearing up for a very busy month. Yeah, so there's a busy month coming ahead, and uh, Debbie and I actually fly out at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning, heading up to that one. So keep us in prayers. Again, you're listening to this, and Debbie and I are out there, and Stephanie and her family are out there at Camp Joy, Wisconsin, so make sure you pray for us. Now, we have our knuckle-headed moment in our segment that we do, and uh, coming right in, Stephanie, do you have a knuckle-headed moment for us? Well, Doug, um, I think what I would say qualifies you as a knucklehead. I don't think there's any might about it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's it's just it's a plain old fact. But if you expect people that are around you or under you to point blank lie for you, to cover for you being an idiot and a knucklehead, you're a knucklehead. There it is right there. You look up the word knucklehead and it's people you're expecting to lie for you. There it is. I don't think it gets much better than that. That's a good one. And uh, folks, don't be involved in a lie. Uh, that's really a bummer. You look it up, there's a picture of you. So you might be a knucklehead if you expect people to lie from you. Very good. So, and now Stephanie has a book she wants to recommend. And what book oh, yeah. What book do you recommend to our peeps? So Doug, the book I'm going to recommend today is called My Heart in His Hands. It is a book based, um, it's on the life of Anne Hasseltine Judson. She was Adoniram Judson's wife and actually died in Burma, um, what is now Myanmar. Um, but it is, it, it, it has a lot, it's pretty much like her memoirs. Um, it has like her journal diary in it. And that book changed my life. As a teenager, I read that book. And it changed my life. Um, God used that in many ways, shape, and form um, to bring me to that point of surrender, to wanting to give my all for him. And so I would recommend it. It's available on Amazon. You can still get it. Um, It is called My Heart in His Hands. And for young ladies, older ladies, that book will challenge you. She was a, if I can put it this way, she was an Elizabeth Elliot of her day as far as her walk with the God, with the Lord. And um, that book really changed my life as a teenager. 
So I think it's probably still easily to get in print and things oh, like yeah. that on yeah. Amazon. So yeah. make sure yeah. you go out and grab that. And uh, uh, again, you know, I think adding, I think most important is your daily Bible reading. And then after that, adding to that and learning about what God did through the life of, is her name Anna Judson? Is that Adirai, Adirai and Judson's wife or something, right? Adam Judson's wife. Yeah. Her name was Ann, A-N-N. A-N-N. So yeah. Judson. And I read about her dying on the mission field. Yeah. Yeah, so great, great insight. So make sure you go out and get that. So as we go through the book of Psalms, and we've called this Songs in the Night and Psalms, and we talk about what Psalms are, you know, from a uh, a mile-high view or being up looking down on Psalms. And, and what we do is we take a scenic view of Psalms throughout this podcast. We quickly go through and look at them. We're not doing a verse-by-verse verse, uh, study. We're, not get, we're doing an exegetical study, but it's definitely an exegetical study. Uh, that's a scenic view, just kind of overlooking at them. We're not hopping into the Hebrew. We're not talking about specific words and things of that nature. But we're definitely talking about how it can help us who suffer, who hurt, uh, maybe who have PTSD, maybe are going through tough times. Uh, I find uh, I find solace in God's Word. I find solace in the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is different to me now. And I, I understand why God made it the biggest book in the Bible, but I, I got to tell you, it's different to me now as we've been going through this, Stephanie. It's a, you know, over and over again, I'm going back in my mind, you know, on what things are being said and what things are going on. But if you look, starting in verse 17 of Psalm 136, it says, To him which smote great kings, his mercy endureth forever, and slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, king of the uh, Bashan, Bashan, I'm sorry, for his mercy endureth forever. Bashan. And then it says, and gave the land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Gave the land there to Israel. Even an heritage unto Israel, his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remember us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever. Who hath redeemed us from our enemies, his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. And then it stops with this verse, Stephanie. O give thanks unto God of heaven for his mercy endureth forever. So what are you thinking, Stephanie? We're going through those verses, and what came to your mind? Well, as we go through these verses, again, you know, this is just a, a bird's-eye overview of everything that took place um, as God brought the children of Israel through so many valleys, through so many highs, through so many lows to bring them to the promised land. And... I love how it changed from past tense to present tense. Yeah. And there's this sense in which the, the psalmist here is reviewing, but he doesn't just review and say, well, that was the God of the past. He's saying throughout this psalm, and as he switches from the past to the present, it's, present, it's like he's saying, but this is still who my God is. My God hasn't changed. His mercy hasn't changed. His level of hearing me, his level of forgiving me, his level of caring for me has not changed. And to me, that's a beautiful thing because sometimes it's easy to think, well, God, you did that in the past, but, you know, Satan will say, God doesn't hear you now. God, yeah, in the past, God cared for you, but now he's, he's, he, he's turned a blind eye to you. He's turned his back on you. And no, that's not the God we serve. And that's what I see the psalmist coming back to is that, this God took care of 
you know, the psalmist says, he took care of my people in the past and today. He still remembers me in my lowest state. He still redeems me from my enemies. He still gives food. He still takes care of me. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing to remember because Satan will do everything he can. He'll fire all the fiery darts he needs to fire to try to to brainwash us into thinking God doesn't care about you anymore. It's what he did to Job. And that is not the case. And that's what this psalmist is reminding us of here. Exactly. And I, and I think that, you know, over and over again, we, we are rooked into things by the devil, you know, that believe in that God can't do these things that God can't, you know, 40 years, 40 years in the desert, Moses is out there, you know, with, with really no job, you know, with really, I mean, how many people would have said, well, this is what I have. This is my life. This is what I got. This is, this is what I'm going to do. I mean, 40 years wandering around, Yeah, 40 years, you know, taking care of the sheep or whatever, but you're wandering around saying, you know, I was the adopted son of Pharaoh, man. I had everything uh, I needed. I was theoretically the next Pharaoh mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm wandering around and all that, but God is so good. He became so much more than Pharaoh. You know, after 40 years, he was able to lead the folks to the promised land and, yeah. y- you know, and what is the promised land today, Stephanie? I mean, when we talk about the promised land today, what are we talking about? Well, you know what? Pro- up to me, the promised land is the Christian life. It's where God brings us through those those times of constantly drawing us closer to himself. And, yes, we may wander, but I think the promised land in Scripture is supposed to be a picture. The Israelites messed it up. But I think God meant it, if anything, to be a picture to us of what the Christian life is supposed to be, where the milk and honey flow, where we are seeing those giants defeated because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And that's because of God's mercy. That's where God wants us to come, where his life is our life. And because of who he is, because of his power, because of his mercy, because of his goodness, we can serve him. We can do what he has called us to do because we can take comfort in the pla- in the fact that he remembers us when we're low. He remembers us when we're being attacked by our enemies, and he redeems us from them. He, he takes care of our food. You know, verse um, 25 reminds me of Matthew 6 where Jesus said um, that he'll take care of our needs. You know, that if, if the Lord cares for the sparrow that falls, don't we think he'll care for us? And we have a heavenly father who we can go to. We can come boldly before the throne of grace and know that his mercy is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I'm happy about that. And I got to tell you that there's more to it. You know, that like you're saying, there's more to it at face value of us as individuals and 40 years, uh, 40 years wandering around 40 years, you know, those people had been repressed and, I, I don't know where you guys are at, but are you repression? Uh, are you in repression, or do you want to go claim the promised land in your life? Moses and those folks—they got to claim the promised land. 
Uh, you know, that's a big thing. And there's a promised land in our life. And as Stephanie was saying, the promised land is accepting Jesus Christ. The promised land is accepting his way in our life. The promised land is stepping out and serving God. The promised land is getting the junk behind us. The promised land is leaving these narcissistic knuckleheads who are ruining our days. The promised land is, is burning high task gas. The promised land is not dealing with the negativity and the knuckleheads and the boneheads. And the promised land is serving God. It's waking up, reading the Word of God, learning from the Word of God, listening to the Word of God, listening to this podcast. I mean, you can get there. You can get there from here, Stephanie. And and, and that's what you're saying, and that's what this Bible's saying. So what would you say to these people who are just stuck saying, I don't see a way out? Well, on your own, there is no way out. Of our own, we can do nothing. And that's, if you're at that place, that's wonderful. If you're done, if you're done, it's good enough own that's awesome <laughs> it is awesome i'm sorry was, you guys I was here straw sucking and it totally and, and so there was some definite straw sucking going on right there <laughs> and so in the background of production i had my finger on top of the mute button and uh, i didn't push it down so I ended my pink drink that was actually Debbie's pink drink that she saved half of for me because that's the kind of wife she is. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I like the point you made. I paid attention to what you were doing, though there was straw sucking going on at the bottom of the, uh, <laughs> of the pink drink. So, well, hey, you can claim your inheritance, folks. And, and I mean, getting away from the straw sucking pink drink, you can claim your inheritance. You can claim it today. And uh, you can you can march through these things. And Stephanie, you've been there where your whole family was repressed by a church. And uh, yeah. and and you know you you mentioned that point coming right out of the podcast right off the bat. Uh, you were saying right there in the beginning that hey, listen, you know uh, you might be a knucklehead if you make people lie. You might you might if you ask them to lie. You might be a knucklehead. Well, folks, listen, um, that's real. And there's a realness yep. out there. If you're going somewhere and people aren't quite right, uh, get away from them. You know, uh, it's not going to get any better unless people are looking for reconciliation and restoration and forgiveness. And they say, hey, I know what I did. I think we have a responsibility as Christians to follow Matthew 18 and say, hey, we're leaving because you're a knucklehead. And if they say, how am I a knucklehead? Please, I want to change. And they change, you're okay. But if they don't, it might be that time, Stephanie, and maybe that time to find your promised land to be let God lead you out. Well, and and for those that are dealing with because narcissism, I'm just going to be honest, it's satanic. Um, it is earthly, sensual, and devilish. It is ruled by the wisdom that is from below, and they can put on. You know, narcissists are very good at putting on spiritual faces, but that's the wisdom that is guiding them is from is from Satan himself, because Satan was the chief narcissist. He was the first one, and if you choose to stay in that bondage, and I'm saying this because I had to go through this journey myself of literally having panic attacks knowing that when I chose to separate, and this is after Charles' death, this doesn't even include before, but knowing that when I chose to separate from the narcissist, I knew what they were going to do. It turned out they did more than I thought they'd do. Um, but I knew what they were going to do, and that terrified me because I had let them get such a hold on my heart and on my life and on my way of thinking it had, I was brainwashed in many ways. And until you may, are willing to take that step of faith, 
and it's a hard step. But take that step of faith because this God who rescued Israel from Pharaoh, who rescued Israel and and led them to the promised land and helped them overcome those giants, he is still the same God today. And when we take that step of obedience to say, okay, God, I'm scared. This is really scary to me, but I'm going to follow you because I love you most. Amen. He will. He will. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yeah, and 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 that's where it's at because he will. You know, he um, he pleasures in helping us. Yeah. And I think I think we got to walk with that. And then and then we got this other group. So we got Moses going around. They finally found their heritage, they uh, their deliverance, their promised land. And, and then we get down to 23 for 25 and who remembered us in our lower state. So, you know, God comes back and delivers us out of our stupid mistakes in those places yeah. where we take a left-hand turn instead of a right and get caught back up. Uh, so it doesn't mean you're unsaved if you fell from sin. It means you're right now, you're probably uh, the most unhappy person in the world. Right now, you're probably, uh, you know, reached a place of unhappiness because you're outside of God's will, but you don't lose your salvation. But here's the great thing about what this Psalm says. I'm trying to draw this together. And the good news is if it makes sense to Stephanie, it'll make sense to you. So she'll clean this up here in a minute if it doesn't. But at the end, he's delivering people who did the wrong things. Yeah. He brings you back. Yeah. And so people need to know, Stephanie, and these folks who are suffering, these folks who are with us, who are helping those folks, you need to go out and tell people there's do-overs with God. You know, yeah. remember when you were a kid, you know, you'd get up to bat or something like that and you go, do-over, you know, he didn't pitch right or, you know, he pitched too hard. I'm only seven and he's 17 and he threw a hundred mile an hour pitch. <laughs> do-over, you know, and uh, and they never give you a do-over when you're a kid, but God gives do-overs. And yeah. I think, I don't think we can say enough to, to say, hey, we can be in that low place. We can be in that bad place. We can be that prodigal son or daughter here, Stephanie. We can be that prodigal soul out there wandering around. But the good news is, is God's there to greet us with the robe. God's there to wrap his arms around us. God's there to let us uh, serve again. And, and, and I think if, you know, I think as we leave Psalm 136 today, I think we got to realize more than anything else, you know, we talked about these buzzwords as we went through different Psalms and we're talking about this conquering God, bringing you to the promised land in today's verses. And we're talking about this deliverer. Uh, but I think as you look at those two words, I think this deliverer is important because God remembers, hey, this is one of my own that messed up. I'm bringing them back. I'm forgiving them. And, but we just can't keep on getting into that cycle either. I, I want to caution people against this, Stephanie, and say we don't go from sin to sin and say, well, God's going to get us out. No, no. You know, then no. We're, what does the Bible say? Our God is not mocked? Yeah. Yeah, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And, um, the, the Bible goes on to say that which is some um, to, of the flesh of the flesh reap corruption. And I think there's a, there's a real sense in which when you're, when you, when that is your look outlook that this is all forgiven. And I have heard quote unquote Christians, and I will put, make that very loose because only God knows I do not see from outside and I'm not a fruit inspector that's between them and God. But I put, Christian in quotations when it comes to them, but I have heard them say, 
oh, I can just go ask God for forgiveness. I don't need forgiveness from a human. I don't have to ask another human forgiveness as long as I, I talk to God and ask him to forgive me. That's not repentance. No, no. And it, Real repentance will result in a change. And it's not Matthew 18. No. And, <laughs> if, if yeah. you can treat people, that is a narcissist. If you view that you can treat people like trash and dirt and you never need to make that right as long as you go ask God for forgiveness. You're not asking God for forgiveness. You're salving your conscience. At best, you have remorse. Narcissists throughout history have had remorse, and then they go back and end up doing worse than they did the first time. And so I think it's very important to point out that God is not mocked. And if that's what you're sowing, you're going to reap a very bitter, heartbreaking harvest. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's not going to get better. And I, so I guess, you know, taking what Stephanie just said and putting it to work practically, if you're outside of the will of God and you want to come back, you have to take care of those horizontal things as well. The vertical mm-hmm. thing's the most important. You know, you go to God and you, uh, he'll restore you, but he has an expectation of you over there in Matthew 18. You just can't leave carnage everywhere. You right. just can't blast people away and leave that all, and then expect to step right back into everybody's life. No, God doesn't work that way. You need to seek forgiveness. You need to seek reconciliation and restoration and then get back in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I kind of think that's what we're, where we're going with this. And I think that's what God has for us today in this podcast is, you know, listen, folks, he'll deliver you. He'll bring you back. But you've yeah. got a responsibility to take care of things here on earth as well. You've got to get right with people. And what's that crazy verse that all the narcissists use that covers the multitude of sins? Oh, of love earth? covers. <laughs> How does that You're go? trying to make me upset, aren't you? Oh, love covers the multitude of sins. Yeah, so that verse is always used uh, inappropriately. They never It's not hermeneutically correct. Hermeneutics is the ability to apply God's word to a situation of like value. That's the reason we look at what, when, where, why of God's word, how it's being used. But people want to use that too. It's, well, hey, I, you know, I know I almost ruined all your lives. I've treated you bad. I, you know, I've, I've made comments about you. I've lied about you. But love covers a multitude of sins. So please forgive me. And, yeah. uh, uh, you, you know, folks that are out there and, you know, we got hurt. You, you, you guys know, you've heard about what Stephanie and I went through just last year from, uh, the people we were working with a narcissistic pastor, you know, Oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this hurt my feelings to have done this. Uh, forgive me. You know, <laughs> love covers the multitude of, uh, of sin or the multitude of hurts, multitude of whatever you could put the word in there. People use it all different ways wrong. And, uh, but I got to tell you, God's grace is bigger than all this. I get that. But God has an expectation of us, not only to fix it vertically with him, which is the most important, but the second most important thing to God is these relationships on earth in Matthew 18, 15 is even whether you're the offender or the offended, if you're the offender, you still have a responsibility to go get right with folks. And I'm not talking about, you know, love covers. I'm talking about, I messed you over. I talked about you. I sinned about you. It wasn't all that long ago. I had a missionary call me and say, brother, I badmouthed you all over the country. Will you forgive me? I did this to you. He was crying. He meant it. A guy was sent out of the church. I used to be sent out of and I said, I forgive you. I mean, what do you do at that point? Yeah. You know what I mean? I forgave him. I believed his heart was right. I believed it was real. I forgave him. And, and so I think, you know, as we wrap up 136, I know we didn't have time to sing, and that's given Stephanie's voice a little bit of a break today anyway. But I think this, 
I think we've got to look at Psalm 136 at God value, which is bigger than a face value, and realize that, that God did a lot of things through there. We saw the creator, we saw the redeemer, we saw the shepherd, the conqueror, and the deliverer. And there, that's our God. He's all those things to us. And he can mm-hmm. make everything better. He can put all those things together and make them better and bring us out. And just like the psalmist, we can find help with God. We can make it to our promised land here on earth. And what was it? The great speaker who once said, I think it was Billy Sunday, or said you can lead someone to the Lord in just a few minutes, but it takes a lifetime uh, to bring the Lord into a person's heart. You're constantly having to work at it. You're constantly having to do the right things. And, you know, so we can be saved in just a few minutes. I get that. We're going to heaven. But we don't only want that. We want to grow. We, we want to be discipled. We want to we come out the other end. And uh, we want to go through the sanctification process where God keeps polishing those bad things off of us and we just get more and more like God. Well, listen, folks, we love you. Make sure you listen to every word Eric's got to say this morning. There's nothing more important than what Brother Eric's going to tell you about salvation. And we'd love to hear from you. Help the wounded spirits if we can't do anything at all. Now, remember, when you listen to this, we're at Camp Joy, Wisconsin, in the middle of a PTSD conference. So make sure you're praying for us right now. We sure do love you, folks. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.